Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church. Today, we're going to be talking about transformation by revelation. And, you know, this is going to totally change your understanding about revelation, how to receive revelation knowledge, and how revelation knowledge can begin to work for you instead of just becoming something goofy and subjective and mystical that you can't ever figure out. Because I want you to realize something. God has called us to be transformed, to be like Jesus. That's the work that He is doing in us. Because the more we become like Jesus, the more we become compatible with God the Father, the more we'll be compatible with heaven. If we're not like Jesus, we will not be compatible with heaven. And I don't know about you, but since I'm going to be there forever, I want to be absolutely, completely compatible with heaven. So listen, get your pen, get your paper, get ready to take notes, get ready to study, get ready to open your heart, and we're going to dive in this thing. I'll be right back. I've got a free message for this month called Angels of Light, Authors of Deception. I want to tell you something. We have talked about and we think that we know about angels of light. I'm going to show you something that's going to open your eyes to the true deception in this world. You know, because we don't really know how much God loves us and because we don't have our hearts established in the covenant of peace, it's amazing how difficult it is for some people to admit that they might be struggling in an area or have an issue in an area or have limitations or even just come out and say, I have sin. Of course, the problem is people have a religious definition of sin and even people who claim to be free... They can't own the idea that they might have some sin in their life because the real truth is they're connected to their doctrine. They're not connected to God. But here's the great thing. You know, God does love us no matter what we're going through, no matter what our problems are. God does love us. He doesn't stop loving us. And because he made the covenant with Jesus, then the covenant is sure. So this means I can own my stuff and work it out without ever having to be afraid that God's angry at me or that God's going to hurt me or God's going to judge me. Now, I'm not going to use that as an excuse to live foolishly or anything like that. So let's don't even go there. But we all are going to find ourselves sometimes dealing with a sin issue, or as the Apostle John put it, we're going to find ourselves walking in the darkness. And this is why John said, if we say we have no sins, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Now keep in mind, there are several different Greek words for sin, and the primary Greek word for sin is harmartia. The word harmartia, it means to really miss the prize or to miss the goal or to miss the mark of the goal. Now, what is the goal? Well, the goal is that we be like Jesus. You know, in the book of 1 John, the apostle John talked about walking in love. And then he said, as he is, so are we in this world. Now, I got to tell you, for years, I took that scripture and said, okay, because I'm in Jesus, as he is right now in the presence of God, so am I right now. Well, you know something? That's true. Uh, that's an absolute truth. But in context, that's not what that passage of scripture is talking about. That passage of scripture is saying 
and teaching us that when we walk in love in the world, then we are as He is. Then we're showing the world God the same way that He showed the world God. So taking that scripture and just trying to make it just about our identity instead of about the way we treat people, the way we uh, walk through this world would really be a mistake. But at the root of sin, and I've said this on this broadcast hundreds of times, but I'm going to say it hundreds of more times because the real issue with sin, see the mark, the goal, the prize is to be like Jesus, to be who God says I am. And not just be that legally, not just be that contractually, but be that in my character, be that in the way I manage my emotions, be like Jesus in the way I treat people, in the way I connect to God, in the way I work miracles, in the way I flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In other words, let Him be my perfect model. That's the goal. And that's what righteousness is, is to be as we should be. So anytime we think, believe, feel, or behave as less than who we are in Jesus, less than who God says we are, then in fact, that's going to be harmartia. That's going to be sin. That's going to be me missing the mark of who I really am. Me missing the mark. So I want you to understand something. We all in areas struggle with seeing ourselves the way God sees us. And when we struggle with seeing ourselves the way God sees us, then we can't function in that area the way God sees us. In other words, you know, you really can't get the grace, which is God's power, God's capacity, God's strength that works in your heart. You can't get the grace to live in a way that you don't believe about yourself. Grace manifests because you believe something in your heart. It's not about believing in grace. It's about believing in who you are in Jesus, believing about your identity. When you believe who you are, believe your identity, then the grace of God manifests and, and you're able to live out, to function, to walk in that identity. So the point is, in context here, is that we all have some darkness. We all have some areas where we just cannot seem to realize who we are in Jesus, what we have in Jesus. And in fact, when we leave the realm of love, we enter into the realm of self, and that is the beginning of darkness. You know, John 15, 10, Jesus said this. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept the Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, I can remember in Bible college reading this passage of Scripture and people talking about, okay, so if I keep the commandments, God's going to love me. That is not what he's talking about. He's talking about the fact that it is only when we are applying the commandments in the way that we treat people, in the way we conduct our lives, in the way we do business, in the way we make our political decisions, our family decisions, our financial decisions, it's only... And trusting what God says and trusting that, that these are divine prescriptions for divine life and realizing that this is how I should treat people. When I realize that, then I am going to be abiding in this realm of love. And not about getting God's love, but about expressing God's love to other people. And when I don't walk in love, some terrible things are going to happen. The Bible tells me that when I don't walk in love, my heart 
is going to condemn me. Yes, it goes on to say that, that God is greater than your heart. So God's not condemning you just because your heart is. And some people will quote that scripture and say, see, it doesn't matter. It does matter because when your heart condemns you, you cannot receive God's promises. You can't receive the answers to your prayers because receiving is about taking hold of something by faith and bringing it unto yourself, incorporate it into your life. So when we don't walk in love and our heart condemns us, I've got news for you. Since faith is a heart matter, when your heart's condemning you, you can't reach out there and take hold of the promises of God and bring them into an impossible situation, make it work. So when most believers talk about a sin problem, that all the emphasis is on everything you're doing wrong. Now, when I talk about a sin problem, I am talking about what you believe in your heart about you and God. Now, it doesn't matter if you believe it intellectually. Intellectual beliefs do not change your life. Intellectual beliefs do not transform you. Intellectual beliefs do not bring forth the grace of God to work in your life. And intellectual beliefs are not faith. They're, they could be the beginning of faith, but they're not faith. Faith is when you believe you have something now. Not that you have the formula to get it. Not that you're going to get it sometime in the future, but it is yours now. And you're able to take hold of it and actuate it into your life so that it explodes into the reality of your present life. So, what is the real problem with sin then? So when I start talking to people about the sin issues that, you know, where they're struggling with the way they see themselves, and yes, their behavior may be messed up. And, you know, when you have messed up behavior, your heart condemns you, and you start believing that you are your behavior. You start believing that you're that person. You stop believing that you are who God says you are. Because how could you really be who God says you are if you've got this dysfunctional behavior? So see, sin alters the way we see ourselves specifically in our relationship with God. And then sin, because it makes us feel distant and alienated from God, even though we're really not, that begins to bring fear. Fear always brings unbelief, and fear always brings condemnation. So we get into the realm of condemnation. Now we're expecting things to go wrong. We're expecting judgment from God. We're expecting wrath. We're expecting to have to pay the penalty. That's what condemnation is. It's the expectation of punishment. So the problem is when people get in sin, it's not that God changes. It's not that God doesn't love us, but it produces this fear and unbelief that makes us run away from God and run away from his provision. And I'll tell you, once we run away from God and run away from his provision, then the only th way that we have to connect to what we need to be happy and fulfilled is to try to do it through sin. If we're not going to do it through the promises of God, if we don't feel qualified for the promises of God, we're going to run away and we're going to get into sin, into deeper sin. And, you know, this just begins this whole struggle of not being able to trust God, not being able to trust yourself with the Word of God, all these kinds of things. But listen, come on back in this second segment. I'm going to connect you to the solutions that you're looking for, and this is going to benefit your life greatly. My new series, 
trifecta, life, light, and love. It's going to give you the tools to guard your heart. You know, Jesus warned that the greatest thing that we were going to be facing in this era that we're living in is deception. Well, I'll tell you something. If you have the light, you can't be drawn into the darkness. And not only is this going to help you have the life, it's going to show you how to connect to the life so that the quality of life that you experience is not based on anything that's going on around you. So we know from the book of Romans that we are predestined to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus. In other words, before we ever created, God predetermined that all people that came to him through faith in Jesus, that their ultimate destiny would be to transform into his likeness. You know why? Because if we're transformed into his likeness, we're going to treat people the way we're supposed to treat them. We're going to walk in love if we're like Jesus. We're going to love God the Father if we are like Jesus. We're going to love what God loves if we become like Jesus. We're going to love God's word and not be legalistic. We're even going to love ourselves. And so the goal of becoming like Jesus. I mean, stop and think. Jesus believed the truth about his identity in God. Jesus believed what the scripture said. And that's why he worked miracles. That's why he did great things. You see, we want to work miracles and do great things without believing who we are in Jesus. And you know what? That just doesn't happen very effectively or very consistently. So we want to come in, into our relationship with God without looking at what's wrong with us because transformation doesn't occur because of what's wrong with you. Transformation occurs because of your desire to be who you want to be. So transformation occurs when we connect directly with the life. Now, this is so important because we as Gentiles by nature, we want all of this to work around information. And we want to get information, and we want to call that a revelation. And then the ego that we feel and the excitement that we feel because we've got some new information, we want to say that that's the Holy Spirit bearing witness in our heart. We want to say that that's the grace of God working in us. And the real truth is that's just our ego. The Bible says that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And so people who are attempting to experience transformation through information really end up in a form of new covenant idolatry. You know, in the old covenant, idolatry was, you know, when you go out and you cut down a tree, you whittle it down, you make it look like some image, you bow down before it and you call it your God. In the new covenant, idolatry has to do more with our vain imaginations that we exalt above the knowledge of God. So you see, when I'm wanting my spirituality to be based on my knowledge, and I'm calling my knowledge, my revelations, new things I see in the scripture. So I'm replacing an intimate connection with Jesus with this information. So this information replaces Jesus and really becomes my God. And my love and my talk and my focus is always what I know, not who I know. You know, uh, we don't ever want to get to that place where we've exalted our knowledge, our information, even if it's true information, above the knowledge and the experience of God. Because there's only life in personal 
connection with God through the Lord Jesus, not in your information. Now, there's a thing in Bible study that we call the law of first reference. Law of first reference says, says you want to go to where something happened the first time. You want to get the simplest form of information and knowledge from the first time it was referred to in the Bible. That's why I always go back to Genesis to understand what sin is really about. Because if by the time you read through the whole Bible, you're going to get confused about these kinds of things. That's why I go back. I use the law of first reference for everything that I believe. Now, the book of Galatians, the third chapter, introduces us to the law of first reference in relationship to us coming to know Jesus. Galatians 3, 2 says this, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law? And you know, even law has to do with trying to earn something from God, but also law can even get into knowledge and into personal revelation and, and into personal insights and that kind of thing. He says, or did you receive the Spirit by the hearing of faith? In other words, when you came to Jesus, you know, what caused this explosion of life? Did you come to Jesus and you performed all the rules perfectly? And so God said, oh, okay, I'm going to give you life. Did you come to Jesus and said, okay, I know all the formulas. I got all the right information. And so because of that, I'm worthy to receive. No, you came by faith. And because you came by faith, you experienced grace. The book of Ephesians, second chapter, I think it's about the eighth verse, you know, it tells us that by grace we're saved through faith. So everything about salvation, and salvation is more than being born again. It's being saved, healed, delivered, blessed, prospered, protected, made whole, set apart, all that kind of, everything that has to do with what we have, uh, the ability to experience the new covenant is an aspect of salvation. So every aspect of salvation is a work of grace that is taken hold of by faith. And it's not just by faith in a vague sense. It's by faith in Jesus and his resurrection from the dead. You know, if you want to experience healing, yeah, gather all the scriptures you can about healing. But at the end of the day, you want to go to the cross of Christ and the resurrection of Jesus and the victory that he had there. And you want to connect to him personally and have a conveyance of that life. The life is the light, not reverse. The light is not the life. The information about the resurrection is not the life. The experiencing the resurrection with him. That right there, my friends, is life. So he says this. He says, are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? See, we heard the gospel and that was light. That was information. But that light didn't get us saved. What that light did, by the way, that light was given off by someone who either had the life or had some light. You know, the person that shared scripture with me that got me saved was not even born again. And they were sharing scriptures with me out of their content for God, out of their content for people who were getting born again. So they had a little bit of light and they ignorantly shared that light with me. And, and for me, because of my heart's desire, that light took me to Jesus personally so that I could connect with his life. So the power of truth, which is the light, is that, again, light makes the way clear. Light draws us to life. Now, stop and think about it. And I use this example a lot. You may have heard me use this before. As a minister, as a teacher and a preacher, I'm like a travel agent. And a travel agent 
comes out and does this representation of the Caribbean islands. And man, you look at this, you see this cruise line, this ship that you're going to be on. Well, the travel agent is not trying to get you to buy the brochure. They're going to give you the brochure for free. But what they want is for that brochure and the beautiful pictures that are in this brochure to inspire you to go to the Caribbean for yourself. And as a minister, it's like with words, we're painting pictures. We're painting, hopefully, beautiful, compelling, positive pictures about what we have in Jesus. And the goal is not to get you to take the picture home and stare at the picture forever. The goal is that the picture would be so compelling, so attractive that you'd say, I've got to go see for myself. That's how light draws us to and illuminates the way to life. So we can use this law of first reference, since this is the first reference to being born again, and how it compares to subsequent experiences with God. So the light, the truth, it transformed our thinking, but it did not bring about personal spiritual transformation. In other words, the information did not bring about the new birth, but the light illuminated the way to the new birth. How? By renewing our minds. Now, man, I can remember it so clearly. I remember, and I'll tell you, when I think about it, I have incredible internal experiences when I think about this and talk about this. But man, I can remember after this person sharing all this criticism that his cousin where his cousin had shared Jesus with him, and he shared all of his criticism of his cousin and told me all these scriptures that he thought was so stupid. But those scriptures made me realize, one of the scriptures that impacted me so much, and he told me, he said, you know, my cousin Ernie told me if you wasn't blanking for God, you was just blank, blank against God. That was, And he said, I'm not blank, blank against God. And he's just cussing and, you know. Man, I tell you, when I let him out of that car, I had light into that part of my life. First time I realized I wasn't in neutral I was against God. Even though I didn't think I was, my behavior brought darkness to people. You know, I sold drugs. I played in bars and tried to create a, an environment for people to fornicate and do illicit activities. In other words, my life and everything about my life, even though I would have said that I believed in God and I would have said that everybody should believe in God and everybody should know God, even though I would have said any of that stuff, I didn't know God and I was walking in darkness. Man, I'll never forget having the light shined into my mind. I renewed my mind because I accepted that scripture as truth. And I'll never forget. You know, I, I kind of began my prayer and you know, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't do anything formal. I'm just driving my car. And I said, God, I never knew I was against you. I never knew that. And I don't want to be against you. And I began a conversation with him that ended with me saying, look, I know this has got something to do with you dying on a cross and being raised from the dead. I don't understand that. But you know what? I believe it because it's in the Bible. And if you'll take my life, if you'll have me, I'll give you my life. I'll spend the rest of my life serving you and doing whatever you want me to do. So, you know, all of that moved me closer and closer into a connection to where I have an experience that honestly I can't even describe fully where I connected with the love of God in an experiential way that was phenomenal. I mean, it transformed my whole life. See, connecting to the life is what brings the transformation. The light 
just shows me the path to walk. And we won't replace prayer with information. We won't replace worship with singing songs. Let me tell you something. We want to walk in the light and the light will lead us to the life. Listen, I'll be back with my mentoring moment. Don't go away. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to invite you to some really special events that are going to be coming up that any one of these could just be so powerful for your life. The last weekend of September, and then it gets over to the first weekend in October, I am going to be in Blue Springs, Missouri, and Bob and Audrey Meisner are going to be there with me. Jimmy Bratcher is going to be there with me. And Pastor Sean Apkin is going to be there. And we're going to have a reconnect conference about reconnecting to the love of God. You know, if you've grown cold, if you've grown stale, don't live in condemnation. Don't deny it. Don't run from God. But come in. We want to share with you ways to reconnect to God and help you have those experiences right there in the seminar. Also then, later in July, here in Huntsville, Alabama, we will have Heart Physics Weekend. That's going to be a great, great weekend. I got some great material. You can go to our website and you can check all this stuff out and find out about how to register for all of these. And uh, we do want you to register. And then again, in November, I'm going to be in British Columbia doing a seminar, hopefully on dignity and worth. So be sure and check with me on that. Come and join me in one of these great seminars. You know, if you've got somebody in your life that you care about, or if you're trying to develop aspects of your own life, you know, yes, you want to read the Bible, but you don't want that Bible to ever become a substitute for connecting to Jesus personally. It can be a part of you connecting to Jesus personally. You want to listen to CDs or and watch TV, you know, and, and your favorite preacher and read books. You want to do all those things, but at the end of the day, you want those things to inspire you to connect personally with Jesus. You know, the Bible says this in the book of 1 John, I believe it's the second chapter or third chapter, uh, second verse. He says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Right now we're sons of God. But it is not yet manifest. In other words, you, you can't see that outward. It's not yet manifest. But we know that when we see him, we will become like him because we'll see him as he is. See, when we connect to Jesus, we transform. It's not by the will of man. It's not by our strength. It's not by our effort. It's something that happens by faith and grace with God. So I want you to realize, maybe beating information into the head of the person around you that you're trying to help, the child that you're struggling with, the spouse that seems to be obstinate and stiff. Maybe instead of trying to beat information and quoting scriptures, maybe you might model what it's like to be intimate with God. Maybe you might want to begin your own personal prayer life and your own personal devotion life. And you're not just getting out in front of them and saying, look at me, but letting them see you experience and encouraging them how that personal connection with Jesus will bring about the change they want in their life. It'll get them off drugs. It'll get them off alcohol. It'll get them out of perversion. It'll get them out of pornography. But it all has to happen because there's a personal and intimate connection with Jesus. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.